Are you feeling weary and run down in this fall season? Join me for the next few minutes as we talk about, instead, how we can feel refreshed in our motherhood. Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I asked you a question a minute ago, and that question is this. Do you feel a little weary and run down right now in your motherhood? Perhaps a little bit like fall has been going full force and all you see are the holiday seasons coming fast upon you. Well, I want to welcome to the kitchen table today. Pull up a chair, grab your cup of coffee. I want to share with you about a lesson that God taught me back when we had four children under the age of five. We were in a season in our family that was incredibly busy. My husband was in a medical residency program that required him at the time to work 120, 130 hours a week regularly. He was not home, and we had four children, five and under. So in essence, we had a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby. And life was busy. And my days were filled with the busyness of infants and keeping them growing and on a schedule, potty training a two-year-old, the fighting and the fussing of little preschoolers, and my nights were often more sleepless than restful. And truthfully, my husband wasn't home much. And instead, what I had done in that season of life is I knew that the best way for my kids to function and to operate was they needed doses of daddy. And truthfully, I needed time with my husband. And so what I would do is I would at around three or four in the afternoon, as my kids were waking up from their nap, I would begin getting busy creating and cooking a dinner that I would carry down to the hospital with a double stroller and a baby and a pack on my front and a little one holding onto the stroller. And we would go down to the hospital in the hopes that we would meet Troy for dinner. And we were never assured that he could eat with us because his residency was such that he could very often very easily be in surgery all night long. But we would hope and we would hope and we would wait. And we would usually, as we were walking, we were like, oh, I hope we see daddy tonight. Won't that be so fun? And we would go into one of the resident libraries and sit there and I would set up our dinner. And on one such evening, I had several very busy preschoolers who were playing a little too, you know, energetically for this library. And what happened was they managed to break a lamp in the library. And I just, oh my goodness, I was beside myself. It had not probably been a great day. Anyway, my reaction wasn't great. And honestly, I was like, what am I supposed to do with a broken lamp? I don't even know what to do. So as we were cleaning it up and I get everybody seated around the the table in that, that room and 
I'm slicing grapes. For the toddler, she grabs the knife from me and ends up slicing her little finger. And to me in that moment, it was just the last straw. A long time ago, I was sitting in a Bible study, and I don't know if you've ever had last straw moments, but I was sitting in a Bible study listening to this word picture be developed by a very wise, an older woman from me, and it just gave me such insight into how my emotions change on a dime. Like I never would understand how I could literally be fine one moment and then be completely almost at a snapping or breaking point in the next. But the concept of the last straw on the camel's back that came true that night in the residence library with a cut finger is the same thing that often happens to a lot of us. And that is that Little bit by little bit over the course of my day, handling this eruption from a four-year-old, handling this fuss and fight between two children, handling this part of a crying baby, dealing with the laundry, making sure a dog didn't go potty in the house, figuring out what we were going to make for dinner, making the decisions about bills that needed to be paid, making decisions about this, handling this, listening to this, worrying about this, were straw upon straw upon straw on my back of just things weighing me down in that day. So by the time that I rolled that double stroller in to see Troy, as eager as I felt to see him, as much as I wanted to rest in that moment, when there was a lamp that crashed and a finger that was cut, I basically got to a space where I thought I was going to lose my mind. Thankfully, God in his providence allowed Troy to walk in the door of the library almost in that very moment, and I look up from trying to figure out how I was going to see if how much cut was happening on this finger and whether it needed if we needed to walk downstairs to the ER. I was able to turn it over to him, and I was able to figure out how we could clean up the lamp and who we needed to confess that our kids had been the ones to break the lamp in the library. And I was able to dispel my desire to blame myself, not just for these two things that happened in this moment, but for the entirety of my day. I was able to calm down enough because he offloaded from my back some of the straw that had been layering and layering and layering. But as I pulled up to our home after that night with all these sleepy children and had a picnic basket full of dirty dishes, I remember sitting in the driveway for a moment and I felt so empty. I sat there and I just thought of what was still needed to be done that night, still before me. I still needed to bathe and dress and potty and diaper and feed everybody. I still needed to be loving and kind and patient. There was lots of cleaning up, tucking in, lots of kissing and hugging that was still before me. And I felt so tired. I don't know if you have ever felt that kind of a day, but I think most of us 
have. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I possessed the energy or even the desire to move forward. Have you ever sat somewhere in your car and everybody's like chill in your car and for a moment you're like, maybe we should just stay here. Feels pretty good. But God met me right there in my minivan and he began to remind me again of his love. His love that surpasses knowledge and that will anchor me in his truth so that I can take just that next step with him. So today we're going to talk about how we can be refreshed in our parenting when it feels so unattainable, when it feels so far removed from the truth of our life, from the reality of what we have to do, what we're called to do, is it something that we pursue and we just never get? Like, is it just something we hope for and we never achieve it? Or is it truly something that we can get? See, oftentimes, as moms, we can feel super tired and emptied by all the requests around us. And then we're inundated with all the concerns The concerns of what we see happening in the world, the concerns for our own children, fears about what's happening, and then we can choose to protect ourselves. Sometimes we protect ourselves. I don't know if you've ever been in a season with a child where it feels like it's super difficult with that child and the relationship is hard with the child. And so we choose to protect ourselves from a painful relationship or a difficult relationship And we choose instead, so we put on this, like the bulletproof shield of, I don't really care, or it doesn't really hurt me. It's not true, but it's what we put on, we project. But our reactions of anger and impatience that erupt, that last straw hitting the camel's back, what you and I need to begin to be very well aware of and learn about is the beauty of the gospel says that we can allow and lay all these straws at the feet of Jesus instead of layering them on our back. And instead of marching down a path that says, you better just do it all well and be really good at it and resign yourself to getting through another day and another year. Doesn't matter if you feel discontent. Doesn't matter if you feel sad. Instead of resigning ourselves to that kind of living, we can see what the gospel offers to us because God beckons to you and to me to know his love and allow his power to work within us. You see, on my own, and maybe you're like this, on my own, when I get to the end of a really hard day, and I feel really empty, and I feel maybe sad, or I feel discontent, or I feel overwhelmed, or I feel afraid. It is very easy for me to turn to the drips, the little, just tiny dribbles of refreshment that can come from things like entertainment, from sleep, from being alone. (laughs) And those all seem in the moment, they sell themselves to be refreshing. They sell themselves to be 
hey, I will take the load off of you. I will let you rest and become refreshed. Just numb yourself and just sit here and watch some TV or look at your phone. Just don't think about anything. I, hey, I will refresh you. You just need a lot of good sleep. You just need to go to bed. Hey, I will refresh you. What you need is you need to be by yourself. That will refresh you. But there is a river with the banks that are wide and it is deep and the water is rushing in it and it is full and that water satisfies us. That water refreshes us and quenches our thirst and actually brings strength to our arms and a peace to our mind and a joy to our heart that the other dribbles will never fulfill. They will never strengthen you. Being alone will never actually calm you down because the moment somebody steps back into your room, that same overwhelm, anxiety, and lack of rest, ratchet back up. Watching TV to numb your mind will never strengthen you. Instead, it weakens your mind. It disconnects you from thought and from reflection. Honestly, y'all, even getting sleep, and I know I have had, I mean, so many, so many sleepless nights with eight babies and then lots of toddlers and little people who don't sleep great. I have had many, 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 many nights with poor sleep. But I can tell you that good sleep does not give you the refreshment that comes from being in front of God. Sitting in front of Him, understanding who you are in Christ because of what Jesus did, and who has been given to you through the Holy Spirit. But God wants to tell you that. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to calm you. He wants to teach you, and He wants to reveal His truth to you. So we can either sip on the drips of this world, and we will have nothing to pour out on our little ones, or on our family, or on our husband, or on anyone around us. And we may even be able to fake it for a while. It may seem like we have some water to give, but we are dry. And oftentimes we know it. And we need the true refreshment that can only come from Him. So, where do we see this in Scripture? Because that's great. It's a great thought process, but we need to anchor it in the Word. The first one is one of my favorite passages. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I want you to understand, first of all, that there is an invitation for you to come and to be refreshed, to lay down your burdens and all your fears, and instead to receive rest. The truth is that again, in Hebrews 12, We are given how do we do that. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this. It says, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. 
and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Refreshment comes, first of all, when we return. That is the invitation of Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, come, come to me. And what do we do? Well, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, well, first of all, we need to look to Jesus. We need to shift our eyes. So often in, in parenting, definitely on that night at that hospital, all I could see were the things being done poorly, mainly by me. I saw the finger getting cut because I was maybe too close to the baby with the knife. I saw the lamp getting broken because I was kind of too tired and I was letting them run a little too hard in the library. I just that they were happy and I was like, oh, it's a moment to like, you know, kind of step away <laughs> mentally. I saw all the tasks that still needed to be completed, even when I pulled back up to the house. And it was just a list, a laundry list. And yet God says, stop looking at those things and look to me. Why? Because Jesus says, I'm the author and I'm the perfecter of your faith. I'm the one who started your faith in you. And I'm the one who's going to finish your faith in you. I am at work growing your faith. And then look what it says in Hebrews 12. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings. Well, I want to I tell you a little bit about what those two things are, because I think you should know what you're supposed to lay aside. And the first thing is weight. The picture here of weight is something that would put be put on your back that would cause you to bend so low as to almost be on the ground as you walk. And the implication of this is that it is the weights that we are being harassed by, that we that are being pressed down upon us from an external thing. And y'all right now are living in a day and an age where there is a lot of worry and a lot of fear and a lot of performance and a lot of expectation and a lot of comparison. And these are weights that are pressing in on you and me. They're not things that we're choosing to pick up even sometimes and load on our back. I mean, we just hear about it. Somebody calls us about it. We read about it and it presses on us and it bends us low as we walk through our days. But then there's the second thing. We don't just shed the weight of this world. It says we also shed the sin that clings. Now, These are the things that tempt and entangle us. These are the things that are more inward. Our own selfishness, our own pride, our own impatience, our own lack of trust. These are the things that often cling very closely to us, especially in moments with our kids. But again, again, in this passage, it's clear. God goes, I know you have them. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you struggle with weight. I'm not surprised you struggle with the sin. Even I'm so not surprised. I'm going to tell you, I understand that the sin sin clings. 
But, but Jesus is at work and he is perfecting your faith. And he says, come to me, all you who are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Remember, Jesus has called us to trust, invited us into relationship with him, and he doesn't call us to perfect parenting. He doesn't call us to be the perfect mom. He calls us to be simply surrendered. He calls us to lay ourselves down and look to him for guidance and wisdom. And surrendering becomes refreshing because surrendering connects us to this vast living water that Jesus promises us. You see, in John 7, it's one of my favorite passages of scripture of who God says he is, or Jesus says he is. But he says, whoever believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Do you understand that Jesus says, out of your heart, I will flow with living water through my Holy Spirit. You you will be refreshed. You will not be dry. Because when you are surrendered, I am free to flow through you, in you and through you. So when we turn our eyes to the one who offers to cleanse us, when we repent from the sin that entangles us, who offers to renew us in every moment of every day from the weights that are pressing down on us. When we turn our eyes to him, our thirst is sated and instead streams of living water begin to flow from his spirit through us to our children's lives, to our husband's lives, to everyone around us. Refreshment also comes when we remember our identity. Did you know that? And that day in the car, I had to realign my thinking. See, my thinking was that I was tired and I was over it and that I wasn't doing a good job and that tomorrow was going to be the same. But we need to remember, and what God began to speak to me about in that car ride was the truth that he knew exactly who I was. He knew exactly even the struggles I had. And he was working in me to make me different. He was working in me and committed to me to shift my responses and help my levels of loving kindness even change. How do I know this? Because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And 1 John 3.1 promises us, it says, what, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Do you understand? God has given his love to us. And so when I source my love for my children and his love for me, then I begin to see my children the way God views them. I can see all the places where they struggle, their maybe impetuousness that they grab grab knives, their disobedience in maybe not behaving well, their selfishness, their childishness of running around and breaking lamps. I see them all from the vantage point of his abiding love for them because he has that same abiding love for me. 
And I respond with his mercy and his grace because he has become my source. You see, I'm not the source of mercy and grace. I will never be a good source of mercy and grace. But the Holy Spirit lives within me because I am in Jesus Christ. He is my Savior, and He has made me a new creation. And so His mercy and His grace, when I'm surrendered and I'm letting Him be my source, His mercy and grace flow out of me. And then refreshment will come when I renew my mind. And that was that final spot in the car that God began to say, Bethany, stay in my presence. Stay talking to me. Stay connected to me. Stay remembering that you and I walk every minute of every day together in motherhood. You know, I think God... He says in Isaiah 40, 11, it's my favorite verse about motherhood. He said, he gently leads those who have young. And in Acts 3, 20, he says, times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So when we connect these two concepts together, that he gently leads those that have young, that is you and me. No matter how old your kids are, you have young. And yet in the presence of the Lord it is a time of refreshing. What is he doing in your time with him? Is he gently leading you? He wants to. His heartbeat is that. Refreshment comes when we spend time with him. And when I was a young mom with a ton of kids and it was crazy busy from sunup to sundown and I was exhausted, my time with him came in little tiny snippets like that of hearing him say, Bethany, stay with me. Just stay with me. Remember, we're going to walk into this house tonight and we're going to lovingly get all of these crazy kids cleaned up, tucked into bed, you and me together. I'm with you every step of the way. And I will refresh you in this. I will remind you of a song you can be singing as you walk into your house. I will be reminding you, put your worship music on, turn it on low, let it play through the house as you settle everyone in their beds. You see, we each just need to be hungry for that one more drink from Jesus that satisfies. And that comes from saying and recognizing the truth that he's always with you. He, he's committed to gently leading you. And when you recognize that you're in the presence of Jesus, you will be refreshed. Refreshment comes through time with him. So until I determine to drink one more drink, to spend one more moment, to acknowledge him in that time where maybe I've got multiple misbehaving children and I want to just get us all back to a calm place, but instead I stand for a minute and I go, God, I really need you to gently lead me. When I determine to pursue him, then I can be filled up with his love instead of my love. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Time in his word is important for that. 
The only way I can really understand what is good and acceptable and perfect is to know what God says is good and acceptable and perfect. But when I was crazy busy with lots of kids under the age of five, it was it was hard. I wanted to sleep when my little ones slept. I would try and rest when they were resting or get all the busy work and chores done. And what I've had to learn instead was that sitting with him offered me huge dividends. I think Psalm 90, 14 is true when it says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Sitting with him before anything else happens in the day does allow me to return to him quickly when all the chaos erupts. And I find his love to give, I find his grace to extend, and I find his wisdom to apply. You see, I don't need to be a perfect parent when I am simply surrendered. When it's not my love to give, it's not my grace to extend, it's not my wisdom to apply in the situation. But when I allow the Spirit to flow through me to those around me, that, that is when my motherhood is no longer operating on fumes and on flesh, and instead I'm filled up with Him. You know, refreshing will change my perspective. Here I am. I am many, many, many years down the road. That five-year-old is now 24, and that baby is now 18, and there's four more children under them, right? But as a mom, I'm still wrestling this work. I'm still facing all the same doubts, same worries, and the same anxieties as I walk in the moments of my day but I'm getting better at hearing his voice call to me, call to me to come and to lay down my burden and to find his rest, to see his work and to trust him and to drink from his rivers of living water and find true refreshment. Oh, my friend, I know you're in hard and busy seasons. There's not one of us who isn't, but true refreshment comes only from Jesus. And so for you to sit with him today, for you to choose to put Bible verses on the dash of your car, on your windows, on your mirrors of your bathroom, wherever you need it, to be reminded of who he is in your day. Because for some of us, that may be all we can do. But he is faithful to that because he says, hey, I'm going to gently lead you. So trust him today. As always, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you are reaching back out to me. I love hearing your comments. I love seeing how God is working and moving in your life. And I love, love, love hearing how the Warrior Mama's Prayer Journal is changing the way you're interacting with and praying for your children. So continue to send those to me. And until next week, may you find true refreshment in Jesus this week. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. 
Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.